for Rams All Access. Last Sunday, the Rams' woes continued. The Lions handed Jeff Fisher and the squad their second straight loss. But nothing like a trip across the pond to shake it up. Getting you ready right now with Rams All Access. Give you insight into the game and the team and what's going down this week in London as we get ready for the Giants for Week 7. This is Rams All Access. All Access. Now from the ESPN LA studios at LA Live, here's Eric Davis and Kirk Morrison. Ah, welcome, welcome to Rams All Access. My voice, Kirk Morrison. His voice. That'd be me. It'd That'd be, be you, <laughs> Eric be Davis. That would be his voice. Yes, that's his voice. Uh, just week seven of the National Football League is upon us, and the Los Angeles Rams sit at right now three and three. Eric Davis last week a uh, I would say a heartbreaking loss to the Detroit Lions as they lose forty, I mean thirty one to twenty eight. Just your final thoughts from last week's game. Uh, did Jeff Fisher really, do you think, that one play? And I want to get your opinion on this again because we've had time to think about this. We've had time to kind of you know let it permeate for a Stew, while, let it marinate, uh, however you want to call marinate. it. But last week's decision to go for it on fourth down right before the half ended, right decision, wrong decision? Kirk, we were eating. Together. <laughs> yes, we were eating. On third down. Yes. Not in hindsight, after the fourth down failure. On third down, what did I say to you? You said that this play is going to lose them the game. If they do not. If they do not. I, I, what did I say? If they do not kick this field goal right yes. now, they will lose this game. And you you can't say that, ED. You can't. Do, <laughs> and I said, if they don't kick a field goal right here, you will lose the game. Why? So my feelings have not changed. You had seven plays inside your opponent's 15-yard line. You got to come away with points. You had the momentum. Not only do you allow them to go in feeling good about that stop, yeah. you now have to tell your offense, okay, okay, we let one get away, we let one get away, let's go out, and, and we get the ball right back, let's go out and do something with it. You put pressure on your offense to do something with that very first drive. They weren't feeling any pressure. They were rolling. You put the pressure on them. What did they do on that first drive? They went in reverse. Yeah. Okay? Momentum swings the other way. He lost the game on that call. Yeah. Uh, trust me. I'm looking at the call the same way you did, and I'm saying this is a call that will ultimately come back to haunt the Los Angeles Rams. But there, were, that was one of the negative plays, but there was a lot of positives yes, in last week's game. And I think one of them has to be from the quarterback in Case Keenum. Just to review, last week, ED, I, I don't know if this was really in case, but – 27 of 32, 321 yards, and three touchdowns. Now, the one interception, I, I I say, look, he's trying to throw the ball down the field in a two-minute drill at the end of the game, something yeah. that he doesn't normally do. He doesn't throw for for a guy who's had an outstanding game, and trust me, this season he's playing the part of quarterback well for this offense in this team. He doesn't throw the ball between the hashes or in between the numbers. He's a guy who works on the outside if you've seen him throughout the year. But what I watched and what I saw from him – Last week, that's the type of performance from a quarterback that you're not going to get too too often. And that that was probably his best performance I've seen from him as a Ram. Well, he's growing as a quarterback, yeah. uh, and the offense is growing. And I actually think you will see more performances from him like that. I, I think Case is doing fine. The quarterback position is not the reason why the Rams are losing football games, yeah. not at all. And, and that's a good thing to say uh, because 
you look at the last few seasons, it has been a major factor in them not, in them not being able to compete, not even forget winning, to not even be able to compete in ball games. So I, I like what Case is doing. I like what Rob Boris is doing. Yes, the way the offense is slowly growing. Of course, you want Todd Gurley to get going, but in the meantime. You are finding ways to move the change, to score points, to get first downs, and I like what's happening. So uh, Case had a very good game. You, it, of course, you would like for him to be able to complete that last drive and win the game, but there are definitely definite signs of the offense being on the uptick because you would assume that you will continue to find ways to get guys the ball that are showing that Kenny Bridge showing that he could make plays. Okay. You're going to try to continue to find ways for Tavon to make plays. You're going to continue to find ways for Gurley to try and make plays. So as those things continue to grow, the quarterback position will definitely grow as well. Well, if there was one positive after that game was over, we all know the Rams hopped on a flight to head to London's Heathrow Airport as they will f- take on the New York Giants. We know this week the Giants right now sit at three and three. The Rams sit at three and three, and it's a different ball game because when you look at the New York Giants, they're coming off of the emotional win, and I say emotional because we know how one of their star players, <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr., guy who you know well, uh, plays with a ton of emotion, but they're coming off a come from behind victory against the Baltimore Ravens in which they won in in, in 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 historic fashion if you want to say on a fourth and one Odell Beckham Jr. takes the final takes a play 75 yards for a touchdown their defense holds so it's a bit of two different emotions coming in you have the Rams coming off a loss you have the Giants coming in off a victory that's why I think it's a critical game so far, what are your early thoughts on this week's ball game between these two I like the matchup for the Rams is one that is favorable for them in a lot of situations. Uh, uh, you look at the way the Rams play. Okay, it's a front for for um, the Giants that yeah. don't really get after the quarterback as well. Uh, so that's going to help out Case. Uh, you know, from from a protection standpoint, I think that he should be able to stand in a pocket and, and be able to make some plays uh, defensively. Uh, you know, even without everyone being healthy. They should be able to get after the quarterback uh, for the Giants. They should be able to get after Eli Manning. They haven't given up a they haven't given up a lot of sacks, uh, but they but that offensive line is one that they should be able to win a lot of their their matchups against, even with some of the reserves in. Yeah. So I, I like that. The issue again, always without without having your your number one corner out there, you're going to have to worry about yeah. how do you slow down Odell. And they seemingly last week they moved him around a lot more. Right. So that's 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 the issue. He was he was normally stagnant in one position. Now they realize they have to move him around. He hit him for two bills last week. Yeah. So that's <laughs> that's going be. that's going to be the issue. And also they got Rashad Jennings back too. Yeah. So that that is something. I, I think I like him a lot more than a whole lot of people. But I but early on looking at the matchups, look at everything, this right here. Uh, is is a team that they match up favorably against in a lot of situations. Okay, we'll dig more into those matchups. There are some, also some storylines that we have to talk about as well. But coming up next, we've got an injury update for you, and we'll hear from our own J.B. Long, who had a chance to catch up with Rams running back Benny Cunningham. That's up next. This is the Rams All Access on ESPN LA 710 and the ESPN app. Rams All Access, Eric Davis and Kirk Morrison, only on ESPN LA 710 in the ESPN app. It's time for a look around the division for Week 7. 
we jumping right into this division, E.D. Uh, the NFC West, the standings are as follows. The Seattle Seahawks stand 4-1. and one. The Los Angeles Rams are in second place in the NFC West with a record of 3-3. Three and three. Arizona Cardinals are 3-3. Three and three. And the last place team of the NFC West, the San Francisco 49ers at 1-5. But we have some matchups this weekend, week 7 of the National Football League. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a team in which we know the L.A. Rams have already beaten this season, will travel to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. And what some people may say the game, one of the games of the week, uh, the Seattle Seahawks traveling to Arizona to take on the Cardinals on Sunday night. Uh, Just your thoughts so far on six weeks into the season, a little over a third of of the way through, uh, your thoughts on the NFC West. Uh, the NFC West is sort of playing out the way I thought it would uh, at the end of the day. I know people, yeah. people sort of went crazy when the Arizona Cardinals started off the way they did. They got off to a slow, slow, slow start. start. Right. Offensively, they, they weren't doing everything at the level everyone expected them to be at, the way they had played throughout most of the season. But they ended their season not playing well. Right. Carson started off <laughs> not playing well. <laughs> right. and, the, and the passing game still hadn't started clicking in. Uh, but the running game is, yeah. is David Johnson. David Johnson. He's David Johnson is a full-grown man, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, and BA uh, is is Bruce Arian is really learning how to utilize him within right. an offense. So th- I think there's sort of a transformation trying to take everything off of, off of um, Carson Palmer. Uh, you know, Floyd's not making the big plays down the field. He's kind of just disappeared. It's weird what Floyd is doing. Yeah, he appears here and there. He makes yeah, a play yeah. here and there, but it's not the consistent play throughout Absolutely, four quarters. which is weird, especially in a contract year. Right. That, that's weird. <laughs> I know I know that's killing him right now, but David Johnson yes. is, is the guy right there. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks, uh, even with the loss here in, in, at, in the L.A. Coliseum, they gave up nine, nine points. points. Yeah, I think people, the, the, the people forget that. They gave up nine points. The defense is – that defense is still real – uh, I, 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 yes, I, I think a flag should have been thrown on that last play versus Atlanta, versus, yes. uh, but it wasn't, right. and they came up with the interception to give them an opportunity to win that game. It's, it's funny you bring that up. Was that a vet call, you think? Of course it, it was. It, it was, because I, I think if that was a younger cornerback, if that was maybe an EJ Gaines or a Troy Hill of the Rams, the flag would have been, been thrown. Well, what, but what, it was Richard Sherman, and obviously you give Richard Sherman more of the benefit of the doubt. You give the veteran – you you got those calls. Yes, I did. I got yeah. those calls. But you, but the part that everyone loses sight of in that play is that Julio Jones got the call as well. Right. At, at the beginning of the play, to get off the jam, Julio Jones went to <laughs> – he, he, I mean, he, I, it was a beautiful release. Right. But he smacked Sherm in the head and almost <laughs> knocked him down. He went right. to his face. They should have thrown a flag exactly. there. They didn't. They allowed the play to play. So I like the fact that the ref said, okay – you do what you have to do to get your release and get into your route, Julio. Right. Down the field, Sherm, we're going to let you play and finish it out. So that's what happened. It was a no call across the board both ways. I still think you should be able to review those plays, challenge them, all of that. Not, But that's neither here nor there. Right. Back to the team, that team is still a defensive-based, run-oriented team. They, they are where they're supposed to play. And the 49ers are a hot mess. Yeah. Without without direction, without a quarterback, that's that's where they are. And if they lose this game to Tampa, because Tampa, they're playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who right. um, everyone's on Jameis and saying what's wrong with Jameis. Okay, you just lost. You just put just another receiver Vincent on IR. Jackson. Okay, Vincent yeah. Jackson's there. On okay, IR. you're playing without Doug Martin. He's gone. Okay, uh, you went out and brought in offensive linemen. Uh, through free agency, and you have those guys on the pup list yes. or injured. 
Uh, so and he's been hit, and because because that offensive line has been shuffled, he's been hit more than any other quarterback in the league. That's what's wrong. If the 49ers can't beat yeah. them, yeah, <laughs> you, you forget. Remember, they're 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 supposed to be their all pro tight end. Should be Austin Safari oh, Jenkins. So for, yeah, he's gone. Right? He's I, gone. Yeah, I let that um, one go because yeah. he's not on, he's not on the team anymore. Not on the team, yeah. So I, I'm I'm with you on the 49ers. This, this has to be a game. If they don't win at least this one, uh, they're not going to win. Probably I say two or three more games the rest of the year. This team is just, and I, and I know Colin Kaepernick is. Uh, quarterback in this team, you're going to see some flashes from him, but I, they don't have enough talent on this football team right Agreed. now. Agreed. And I think they will be the last place team in this division. Uh, when I look at the Rams and where they are within this division, they're in striking distance. And I think one thing that the schedule sets up for them is that they play these three teams in a row at the end. It's a Thursday night game against Seattle, which I say that's already tough. It's a Thursday night game, but that late in the year, uh, I think it's going to be in week fourteen, I believe, week fifteen, I believe. And then they play against. Uh, they go. San Francisco comes here, and then also the Cardinals come here. That's the best thing the Rams got going within this division, because I look at Seattle, and Seattle to me, they're going to get on that run. Ed, they they do it every year. But last year they went into that lull as far as they're not playing consistent. They didn't have the running game. The receivers weren't catching passes. Defense giving up yards. But they're right now at 4-1. They win this week. They now separate themselves from everybody within this division. And I can only see them just getting better. They may be at some – I think by the end of the season, and this is my opinion, I believe the Seattle Seahawks will be the best team in the NFC. And I thought it was supposed to be the Cardinals as the best team in the NFC. Well, I picked them to be the best team in the yeah. NFC. See, I, I picked, picked the Cardinals. I, I, picked, <laughs> I picked Seattle to go to the Super Bowl. I, I picked them to win really? the NFC Championship. And and this right here, but, but back to now to stay in the fight. Yes, because the Rams are in the fight what without gonna, question. Yes. So to stay in the fight, this is again. You, you we're talking about the last three versus their division. Yes, the issue has been outside of uh, outside, outside of, of the division. division. Yes, you have the Giants in a neutral site. Yeah, you have to win the game. Yeah. This is this is you always talk about the must win games. This is, yeah, that's me. This, this is a must win game. Not that it makes or break your 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 season because you still have those other ones. But this is the type game when you start to look at the things. Winning the division will be very difficult for yes. the Rams. Making the playoffs, this is the type of game that you need to win. When you start looking at a three and three New York Giants team, yeah, you need to win that game. You need to win that head to head versus them down the stretch at the end of the day it's going to come into play and you got him you didn't have to go to you didn't have to go to uh <laughs> you, to, to new york to play them. you had to go right. to jersey to play them you get them at a neutral site where they got to eat the jellied eel which is the nastiest stuff <laughs> ever the food the, they're, they're all going to lose weight trust yeah. me i've been there everybody's going to lose weight in london eating the jelly the, eel. the food is <laughs> it's a bad it's a bad week it's a bad right. week of eating so you win this game. Yeah, that that's a big one. It'll help you tremendously towards the playoff push. Well, I think also they really have to win this game because you know as well as I do, you lose a game going into your bye week. That's all you're going to think about for two weeks. Is we lost our last game. They sit at three and four. If they don't win this football game, this is one. It's a lot of positives can go in. You go above five hundred. You go into the bye week feeling happy. You can go back home to your friends, your family, whatever it may be. That's why you got to win this game. But you know what? Coming up next, we're going to give you our thoughts on what the Rams have to do to beat these New York Giants on Sunday. That's coming up next. Rams All Access on ESPN LA 710 in the ESPN app. We get ready for Week 7, London Week, with the Rams across the pond to play the Giants. Right now, right now on Rams, Rams All Access. Access, Eric Davis and Kirk Morrison, ESPN LA 710 and the ESPN app. 
you know, Eric, there's some uh, storylines going into this football game between these Rams and Giants. Remember two seasons ago when these teams met when the Rams were still in St. Louis? A uh, little altercation a little on the sideline. Yeah, yeah there was a little brouhaha. A little bad blood going yeah, on. I going remember on. that. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. involved in it. Uh, you know, obviously. Ogletree was in there. Ogletree was in there. Yeah. yeah, it was a nice little brouhaha. I remember that. <laughs> so we had. Feelings were hurt. Yeah, we had that. Furniture going was on. moved. Um, but also, we also have. Janoris Jenkins, cornerback uh, for the New York Giants, taking on his former team, a team that he was drafted by these Rams and signed as a free agent with the New York Giants this offseason. Uh, and, and it's playing pretty well right now for these New York Giants. He uh, is. Outstanding. Uh, just the emotions. And I, I presented this question because you've, been, you've played the position of cornerback for a very long time in the National Football League and playing against your former team. I'm, did you ever have a chance to do that? You of know, course. I stayed in the same division. Yes. So how yeah. many <laughs> – the emotions of playing that team for the first time, because I know I had it in my career, the emotions. It, it's one of those games where, like, I love those guys over there, but you know what? I'm here to win, and I'm here to let you know you let go of something that could have been very special for to you. Just your, your takes on when you signed with the Carolina Panthers, letting – going away from the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, well, it, it was playing the guys. This is what I will say. Going into that game, that was one game that I knew no matter what, things were going to work out for me. Right. I, I, I just knew it. I, I just knew I, I was I was so prepared. And this is kind of the way I'm looking at Janoris. You're going to walk into that game and you're going to be so prepared because you know everybody so well. Right. And I was so focused and confident that everything was going to work out. And it, and it did. Pl- playing the game was like a practice. Yeah. I knew everything that everyone was going to do. I knew the <laughs> offense. I knew the players. I knew I knew their likes, dislikes. I knew their wives and kids. I knew everything <laughs> that was going to happen. So it, it was it was really one of those type deals. You, you so the the trick is to not get too high, right? And and to not try to do too much, even for the Rams receivers going against Janoris, is is going to be very important for those guys to stay calm. Not think about, oh, I used to get this guy in practice on this move <laughs> or that move. Remember, he's playing a different defense. Different defense, yes. The coach is not telling you what it is. They're not scripting these plays for you to have success. So you have to you have to line up and play it accordingly. So that that's going to be a major part of it for both of those guys. But I imagine – so the one thing that I do think Janoris will have is comfort. Comfort. Yeah. He, he's, play, he's gone against everybody out there. So, that, so that's, that's the thing that he's going to have. He's a good player. He knows them. I I actually think it would be smart to stay away from him. Yeah, because uh, you know the the Niners tried me for a little bit, and it ended up costing them the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I you know I I know what it is you're trying to do and and why you want to do it. Well, we know that Case Keenum will probably uh, try to look away from Janoris Jenkins, who will be on one side, the other side Dominique Rogers, Carmarty, longtime cornerback as well, veteran presence. But uh, across the pond today, uh, these last couple of days. Um, couple guys practice uh just yeah. a quick update here on the injury report uh michael brockers did not practice today second day in a row he did not practice uh eric william hayes he was had a limited practice yesterday but he practiced full today tremaine johnson we know with the ankle injury did not practice for the second day in a row i think his likelihood of playing probably uh still a long ways away or maybe even a couple mm-hmm. weeks away with that ankle i think the brightest news or the greatest news for this rams team 
is Robert Quinn. He was limited yesterday, but he practiced full. When you practice full during the week, uh, probably means a good chance that you'll be playing on Sunday. Last two guys on the injury report for today, um, Jamon Brown, guard, he was limited. And Nelson Spruce, uh, we're still waiting for him to make his rookie debut. we only seen him in one preseason game. Uh, Are we? Yeah. Are we waiting? I think so because you every rookie has played so far besides Nelson Spruce and that's, we, that's what I'm saying now that that the receiving core is actually starting yeah. to produce I'm, that's what I'm saying are we waiting anymore uh, before there was a wait yeah because you wanted someone to step up and start making plays I would say but it's still right now he, is he wasting a roster spot if you want to stash him do you just put him on IR which you probably should have done because I look at this team now uh, you look at the cornerback position they probably could have kept another veteran guy uh, or maybe another offensive lineman a veteran, uh, you know, along the linebacker position. I mean, there are some holes within his defense that I think that holding a spot for Nelson Spruce right now because, uh, you know, he's not being used just as a practice player. Well, but, we know why he was there. Yeah, we know why. We see the talent, but right for right now where this Rams team is at, you kind of got too many wide receivers. So we'll see. But I know one position that they don't have a, a lot of, and that's running backs. It's been Todd's position. Todd Gurley still waiting for him to go over 100 yards. But our own J.B. Long had a chance to catch up with Benny Cunningham uh, while they were in London. Here's J.B. Long and Benny Cunningham. Uh, well, a couple things to note here first. It's chilly in London, uh, so Benny has just put a beanie on, so you're warm for this interview. Yeah, man, I'm just trying to, you know, get in my environment right now. It was a cold day, but I got warmed up. And then the second thing to note is it's not just you and me speaking here. We've got a third member of this interview. Tell us about him. Yeah, we got the, like, if I, if I was a white person, I'd be Chase Reynolds. So I'm going to give you all both perspectives of this interview right now. Chase, how do you feel about those comments? I feel great, man. If I was black, I would be Benny, so I feel like we just be each other, you know? Is it true that this is your first official interview as a Ram? That's what Benny's claiming. You know, Benny knows a lot about me, but unfortunately that's a lie, you know? And if you lie, you cheat. <laughs> I ain't going to say the rest of that, but, you know. You know. <laughs> You know, I just get back to the kids. You know, I do a lot in the community and stuff like that. So. Line now. Get out of here, Chase. Right, oh, well, Benny, how have you been enjoying your week here in London? I know you've gotten around the town a little. Uh, yeah, I actually went out with some of the guys, kind of seen some of the sights. Uh, got the opportunity to see the Big Ben and the London Bridge, uh, Tower Bridge, uh, try out some food. Uh, so it's been a good experience, man, just coming out here and getting better every day. Yeah, I saw that on social media. That was a really clever post. A bridge in London, right? That's how you phrase it. I'm going to tell you the secret about that. I wanted to put the London Bridge, but it's actually the Tower Bridge. But I wanted the London Bridge so bad that I just said a bridge in London and let people's minds wonder. Right. It's deep. From like London Bridge is falling down. That's kind of what go. we all think about, yeah, right? That's that's it right there. I try to connect the two for the people. Hey, uh, how are you feeling coming off uh, an injury and a missed game against Buffalo? Looked like you were really feeling well in Detroit. Uh, feeling great. I feel like the training staff did a good job of getting me back out there. Um, the coaches took care of me, gave me the opportunity to recover, um, and now I just feel fresh and you know ready to play football. Now, you have great observations about this offense. They've really come on the last couple of weeks. What do you think some of the differences have been as uh, Case and the offense have started to find some traction? Um, I just feel like we kind of cut out the mistakes. Um, playing with an edge, um, guys having confidence, and it's just starting to show. Um, but I feel like the work has always been there. You know, we're just starting to put it all together. Mm-hmm. How about on special teams? Uh, let's get some thoughts about the new kickoff rule and what it means for you as a return man with the line moving up and kickers either not giving you a chance to bring it out or putting it right on the goal line and giving you a difficult decision. Um, I feel like, uh, you know, when I'm returning kicks, uh, I got to be smart. I feel like the offense 
um, can score from anywhere on the field. So I just want to make good decisions on judging when I should, should and shouldn't come out. Um, but for the most part, I don't feel like it changes my perspective on what I do. Uh, I still want to be aggressive, but also smart. No noticeable difference in terms of where you're catching kicks that are coming down this year? Uh, no, I feel like it's the same. Uh, where I would have caught them before the uh, ch- uh, rule change, I'll, I'll be doing the same exact things. So no changing that. Hey, on a personal level, one of the things you did this summer that I saw is uh, purchased a home for your mom, correct? Yes. Just how's that working out, and what did that mean to you and to her? Uh, it's just a great feeling to be able to do something uh, from a financial standpoint for someone who sacrificed so much to me. Um, I'm happy I had the opportunity to do that, and it's most definitely motivation to you know continue to keep on um, playing this game as long as possible uh, to take care of my family. And a shot in the dark here, but any chance you're going to get to catch up with some family over the bye week? Uh, yeah, most definitely. Uh, right now, the plan is to get this W and try to go back to Nashville and enjoy some time with the family. All right, I know you got the beanie on, but it's cold and it's now raining here, so I'll cut you loose on that, Benny. Thank you very much. All right, man, I appreciate it. Was J.B. Long and Benny Cunningham uh, with a little appearance from Chase Reynolds, the outstanding special teams running back uh, for <laughs> your Los funny. Angeles Rams. Uh, guys having a little fun over there in London. Uh, those types of trips, I think those are like coming together trips. I think they come at a right time yes. for this Rams team. You lose two games in a row, obviously, you're not pointing fingers, you're not second guessing, but you do need that time together to fix it. And you look at each other and say, it's on us. It's not anybody else. We're the guys that got to go out there and make the plays. This, I think this, this is a, a, a situation for them this week where I think they come together closer as a team and kind of get back to the basics. I think that's what I think Jeff Fisher is doing. It's, I'm not saying it's a bye week, but it's almost like a two, two weeks in a row where they're kind of just them. Nobody you else. You know what? It's almost, to cut you, not to cut you off, but I cut you off. It's almost like a training camp. Training camp again, yeah. And you, you don't have the families around. No. You don't have a lot of the distractions. You're, you're just locked in with your guys, rooming with guys once again. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and I didn't do it as a, player but I was with the Niners when they did it I was announcing for them and I saw how it brought that group of guys together when Jim Harbaugh had to do that and how it it helped flip that organization uh, because they were at a point in their season sort of like where the Rams are right now where they had to they could have gone either way way. and that bonding and that time to just look at one another rely on one another to get to that next level it it came in handy the same thing could happen for this group this segment of the Rams All Access is, per, is sponsored by Barbecues Galore, your local source for the best tailgating gear at the absolute lowest prices guaranteed. Visit bbqgalore.com to find the store nearest you. Up next, we go inside the numbers with our Rams statistician. Here, this is Rams All Access on ESPN LA 710 in the ESPN app. Rams All Access, Eric Davis and Kirk Morrison, only on ESPN LA 710 in the ESPN app. It's time to make you the smartest person in the room. I can handle things, I'm smart. When you and your friends talk Rams, you're going to have the goods thanks to Rams All Access. East, right, F short, two jet, double cross, C quick, come on. I looked at the numbers, I was shocked. This is Inside the Numbers. Inside the Numbers. Inside the numbers. First of all, uh, stats brought to you by our Ram statistician, Rebecca Lally. Um, some interesting stats here. Yes, Eric. they are. Weeks one through three, the Los Angeles Rams led the NFL in drop passes with 12. And that's not good. <laughs> it's never a good thing when you're dropping passes. Weeks four through six, the Los Angeles Rams are tied for third fewest drops 
in the league with three. And that is good. That is a great thing. <laughs> I think that's a stat that I would love to tell my friends. I mean, you know they ain't been dropping passes these last three weeks. They only dropped like three. So, yes, I get those stats. But here are some more. Digging, deep, digging deeper in this matchup between the Rams and the Giants, the New York Giants have only allowed 10 sacks this season through six games, and the Los Angeles Rams have allowed 11 sacks this year. So right around the league average for both. However, the New York Giants are last in the league producing only six sacks on opposing quarterbacks. That is the question that I present to you, Eric Davis, when you look at the matchup of defensive lines. Look, we know what the Rams have in Aaron Donald, Robert Quinn. We talked about a little bit early, possibly playing. They'll get William Hayes will be in the starting lineup. Eugene Sims, they have a nice rotation in the defensive line. But you look at the New York Giants. They spent a lot of money over what I forgot uh, over a hundred plus million dollars on that defensive line this offseason, and to have only six sacks through six games, this is one thing that got me kind of scratching my head a little bit. Uh, well, number one, you got to look at some of the guys that they that they went out and signed. Yeah, they put yes. a, they put a lot of money in, but now did they go out and get sack guys? That that's something that you have to that. Every, everyone talks about that. I, I didn't. I'm not going out to get Olivier Vernon just to be See, a See, Olivier stopper. Vernon is a pressure guy, <laughs> right? <laughs> See, and that's I, I say that this is the conversation you and I have yes, about uh, um, Aaron Donald all yes, the time. Pressures bit, versus sacks. Pressures versus sacks and and turning the ball over and all those type things. I mean, um, Olivier Vernon is is a guy who he yes he's around the quarterback a yes. lot, but he's just that he's around the quarterback. So right now, it, that's that's one of those things. He's still getting around the quarterback, but you look at their sack numbers. You look at those totals. You look at the time that you are actually getting that quarterback on the ground and taking the ball out of his hands. Those are things that they're not doing, and that plays. And that's why I was saying it's a favorable matchup for the Rams, for their line, for their front, for Case Keenum. Because that walking into this game, of course, things are going to change, and and you get as the flow of the game goes. But he should start this game, and the offensive line should start this game pretty comfortable with the fact that they can protect the quarterback. And Case should be pretty comfortable in the fact that he will be protected, which will allow him to play a better game. You and I both know yeah. that that's how that goes. That quarterback's not worried about getting hit; he's going to play better. That none of them like getting hit in the beak. Yeah, I, I thought you brought up an interesting point, though. We were just talking about when we look at this Giants offense compared to. What kind of pressure can this Rams defense put on Eli Manning? Eli is a smart quarterback. He's not a guy that likes to take sacks. One of the reasons why we just read those stats, they only got 10 sacks so far this year allowed the New York Giants because Eli Manning is one of those quarterbacks that gets rid of the football. Yes. He throws, he'll throw it away. He will not concede a sack. He's a guy that says, you know what? I will protect those yards. I will either throw it away or throw it down, throw it to the ground, or I will check out of a bad play if I know the defense. You know what? They're in a better situation than for us to run this play. But what kind of pressure can they at least try to get on Eli, do you think? Well, a lot of the pressure is going to – it's a West Coast offense. Right. So that means three-step, five-step, ball's out. That's another reason why he's not getting hit a lot uh, because it's it's a rhythm-based exactly. offense. Right. So that, that's, what you, that's what you know. You're going to flood zones or areas of the field and just try to get the numbers in your favor, two-on-one, three-on – uh, three on two, th- those type things. Every now and then they'll go four strong, and there's really nothing you can do about that. So that's a major part of it. What you're going to have to do is take away his first read. It goes back to the back end uh, because the ball's going to come out. Right. So you're going to have to you're going to have to make him from a coverage standpoint. You're going to have to you're going to have to be close enough to where he has to come off read number one, read number two, 
Now go to read number three. You see those beats I'm putting in there when I'm going boom, Mm -hmm. boom, boom. Now the big boys get a chance to go one, two, three and go eat. So that that's the that's the basis of covering defensively on the back end of a wet going against the West Coast offense. You have to make him come off his first reads because if you don't, there's no way your D line is ever going to get there. Yeah, I know. Frustrating at times throughout my career versus West Coast offense, a lot of catch and run elements. Yeah. And things like that. So as a linebacker, you're trying to keep guys in front of you, not behind you, because there's a lot of catch and run. It helps keeping them in front of you. And you have to know who's next (laughs) to you in those zone elements. You understand Greg Williams' defense just as well as I do. But at the cornerback position, and we're talking about young corners still, uh, we know about Troy Hill, still very young, and, you know, had himself a day last week in which, you know, Golden Tate got the better uh, of him. You know, still young. What what can you – the experience that you have, what would be one, I would say, nugget that which you can give Troy Hill? And also you could throw in a LaMarcus Joyner still only in his third year. Also, the other side, E.J. Gaines. What can you tell them about your experience in the West Coast offense that they can look to some of those things from Eli? Uh, number one, out routes don't beat you. They irritate you. Okay. Okay. Out routes don't beat you. I don't care if I have many outs of guys catching. Guys always want to try to pick off this out and jump underneath the out. And West Coast offenses, you'll see outs from time to time, and that's all they're trying to do is set you up to play outside. It's an inside-based offense. They want to run slings, seams, curls, mm-hmm. slants, digs. So you play for inside routes. That's that's the number one thing. So I said out routes. Remember, they don't beat you. They irritate you. The out and <laughs> up is what beats you. Okay. <laughs> Tackle the slant. What did you just say? You used to get irritated yeah. with those slants. Yeah. You used to, if a guy catches a ball for eight yards, you know what? Eight yards and a headache. There you go. Here we go. Yeah. He catches another one for seven yards. So seven yards and a kidney bruise. Yeah. That's what you do. Because we saw it happen last week. Odell Beckham Jr. at fourth and one. That was there a slant. There you go. A slant the Rams, route. The, I mean, the Ravens don't tackle the slant, and they go 75 yards. So tackle the slant. That, that's what that's what you do. You, you, you make them have to methodically go down the road and keep making those making those catches taking those hits, making those throws. Because sooner or later, Greg Williams will put you in a defense where you have an inside technique, an inside yeah. trail, and you can make that play. So just so remember those two things from, uh, from just playing the offense. And the other thing, young guys playing the defense, old guys playing the defense. <laughs> remember, there's help out there. Know where your help is and use it. Be strong where you're strong. If you're inside technique, be strong inside. Outside technique, strong outside. That's what they need to do defensively. Well, the Rams, we know, are in London, but when they're here in Los Angeles, always remember, see more and sit closer with Vivid Seats, an official partner of the Los Angeles Rams. Visit vividseats.com backslash Rams today to reserve your official ticket, travel, and VIP tailgate pi- tailgate package to the next game. Our uh, JB Long also had a chance to catch up with Michael Thomas over across the pond, as we say, here's JB and Michael. Making some really nice contributions on special teams. Do you feel like you found a role for yourself on this team early on? Yes, I did, uh, and I'm having fun with it, too. Uh, I came in this year uh, knowing that I'm going to have to play some type of special teams, and Coach Bones gave me a role, and I just took it and ran with it. Uh, I feel like I can't be stopped at what I do, so I'm having fun. It's, it's great to just to be on the field and play. And as we've seen, whether it's with Nelson or with Coop, I mean, that's key as a young receiver mm-hmm. to breaking in with this group is having a role on teams. Yeah, that's that's important uh, coming in your first year. You have to play some type of special team, so 
which way to do it at Gunner. That's what I love. I did it in college, so in junior college, so I'm having fun with it more. At this level. You score four touchdowns. I know it's disappointing to lose a game like <laughs> yeah. that in Detroit, but yeah. uh, as a, a fellow receiver, what was it like to see Kenny Britt go off? Oh, it, it was great to see him uh, see him do that. Uh, I feel like I'm learning from him, learning from him and Tavon and Brian Quick, older guys. They molded me into to the receiver that I want to be, mm-hmm. and I feel like they're doing a great job at, at teaching me things and, and, and leading by example. That's exactly what they're doing, so I'm just learning so much for those guys. How about Case? 19 completions mm-hmm. in a row. That's a new franchise record. That was clearly his best game of 2016. Mm-hmm. He did an awesome job that's, that the last game. And I took my hat off him because he got, he got the offense to get 28 points, and th- if they keep doing that every week, we'll most definitely win games. There's no question about it. So uh, offense continue to be explosive. That's that's good. You're going from Mississippi to Los Angeles yeah. to London. Do you, have you had a chance just to kind of say, wow, look at where I've been in yes. the last 12 months? Yes, yes. Uh, I've been everywhere, all over, the, all over the United States, now in the U.K. So I never expected to be out here before, never out the country. So just being here is beautiful, man. I, I watched so many Harry Potter movies growing up and just seeing the houses the way it looked just like it. And I'm like, wow, this is beautiful. Uh, chatting with Mike Thomas, Rams uh, wide receiver. Final thing, just looking ahead to the Giants game, still a few days away, I know. But going into a bye, you remember what it's like in college when you win versus when you yeah. lose and you have to sit on it for a week. Exactly. Four and three is our goal. Uh, we don't want to hang our heads long that week. So this Sunday we got to get a win. Uh, everybody's preparing well mentally. So everybody's just ready to get going on Sunday to prepare for the bye week on the win. So we're looking forward to have a good season. Yeah, Michael Thomas is really still just a special teams guy right now, but still trying to find his way onto that roster. Well, not roster, but into that rotation right now. That wide receiver rotation. Ed, Eric, we talked about this throughout the regular throughout the preseason. Who was going to be the guy to step up? But we're starting to see those three guys right now are Kenny Britt, are a Brian Quick and Tavon Austin, and we thought of maybe could one of these rookies could Mike Thomas, Nelson Spruce, or Farrell Cooper knock one of these older veterans out out of the way. And that hasn't been the case so far. The three veteran guys have played like true veterans, veteran, yeah. experienced guys. Well, the reason why we were wondering who could step forward is because they had not shown right. that. They had not made enough plays. I, I still need a few more. Yes. I, yeah. I definitely like what Kenny is doing. I need more out of Tavon. And I, mm-hmm. and I think he expects more from, him, Seth, from himself, yeah. and that's good. But you have three guys that are dependable. You have a quarterback that seems to be building a rapport with these guys, uh, and to a, to a point to where Rob Boris is starting to feel comfortable dialing up the big ball, and you have to have that. You need it, e- even even if it's you a long it. foul ball. <laughs> even if it's a long foul ball, you got to throw it down the field sixty uh, 40, 40 yards yeah. six times a game minimum. And the reason I think you have to do that, just from a defensive standpoint, you, Kurt, you and I both played on that side of the ball. You know the mindset that it puts you in when mm-hmm. you have to defend the entire, entire field. field. <laughs> it changes the way you play. And if you play a quarterback who has, doesn't have the arm to throw it that way, if you play an offense who doesn't have an arm to throw it that way, uh, an offense that doesn't throw it deep that way, you then start to just rally down (laughs) and jump everything and just suffocate an offense. And that's what was happening early on. So I, I, I like what these wide receivers are doing. You read a stat earlier about them not dropping the ball, the third least drops. Uh, in the last, in you know, weeks four through six, that's, that's the way they have to play. You even want to cut that down. 
Yeah. You want to lead. You, you want to <laughs> lead the world. That's right. right. You want to lead the world. So it, that's that's what they have to do. Just catch the ones that come to them. And that's what this offense, that's what the wide receiving core has been doing. Well, we know the Rams are three and three right now, but up next, we're going to take a look around the NFC West. That's coming up next. This is Rams All Access on ESPN LA 710 and the ESPN app. Get a behind the scenes look at the team with the guys who are with them every day. And he's in for the Los Angeles touchdown. Rams All Access, Eric Davis and Kirk Morrison. Only on ESPN LA 710 and the ESPN app. Uh, Eric, before we look ahead to Sunday's game, uh, as the players got to London, uh, they tried to have sort of a British accent. You know, you have a little fun and try to have that 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 London British accent. Okay. Uh, I, I, let me, uh, I see where this is going. You see where this is going? Uh-huh. Let me know how you think these guys fared. I know you, you don't say the T, so like instead of British, it's British. Where's the water? I would like to invite Johnny for a cup of tea. Uh... <laughs> Hello, governor. Cup of tea. Two sugars. A little cream. That's about it. If I had a cup of tea, it would probably be chamomile. I'd probably have my finger up like this. Jolly good. Right. God bless the queen. God bless her. (laughs) God bless the rams. God bless the... I mean, some of them were pretty good. Not co- too bad. A couple sound like they were from um, London, um, Kentucky. London. <laughs> they had like a southern accent <laughs> London, going Georgia, on with yeah. it. So it, was, it was pretty good. Better than I could do. Yeah, definitely having a good time over there in London. But they're over there for one main reason, and that's to get a win. And for the Rams to get a win this week, uh, I'll start with you, Eric. Let's start on the offensive side. What do the Rams have to do offensively to beat this New York Giants team? Utilize the game, type game plan you had last week. Uh, what what did you do? You you trusted your quarterback and your receivers. We we touched on a stat here that where we said they have not been dropping balls. Okay, continue to trust that the receivers will hang on to the ball when give them an opportunity to make plays. That that Case Keenum can throw the ball down the field. You have to give them a chance to do that. That will open up Gurley over four yards yeah. a pop. I mean, fourteen carries over four yards a pop. You have that will open up more running lanes as you soften up this defense and make certain at the end of this game that the Rams sack total is still last in the league. That's a very important issue that you have to make certain that you contain. Don't allow them to pressure this quarterback. They haven't pressured any other quarterback. So make certain that that is the case at the end of the day. I think offensively, the one guy who I'm going to look on to, I think it's going to be Lance Kendricks. I think when I look at the New York Giants secondary, obviously Janoris Jenkins on one side, Dominique Rogers, Cromarty, you throw in a little mixing, a little Eli Apple, Leon Hall, they got veteran guys there. But when I look at the tight end position for the Rams, I think they have the advantage there against a Darian Thompson or a Landon Collins. Those guys, to me, more run stoppers and guys that, to me, not as good in coverage. So I think Lance Kendricks can be the X factor. That's how I think that the Rams can get some of those X plays, those big plays down the field, because Lance Kendricks is a guy that I think that underutilized within this offense, but I think you start to spread him out, I think he will be the X factor for the Rams offensively against the Giants. Uh, defensively, Eric, how do the Rams defeat the New York Giants? You better frustrate. <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr. Ah, really? How yeah, do you, you do that? You, well, you, you you have to you have to take him out of the offense. You have to yeah. account for him. They're I, I, they're going to move him around a yes. lot. So you have to know where thirteen is at all times. 
understand that he is going to be the focal point of this offense right now. And uh, especially after last week, the game plan is going to, even with the hip pointer, yeah. Yeah, we all know what happens with a hip pointer. You know, they're going to tape an aspirin to it and you're going to go out there and play. You know how that works. Right. That's a painful injury. Yes, but you make certain that you account for him uh, down the field and pay attention to the screen game. I think it's going to be big in this game uh, with Rashard Jennings back. I, I think that's going to be a, a major part of it. So, But it's all about stopping. If, if you stop if you stop 13, yeah. you have an opportunity to win the game. It's that simple. I, I think – on defense, the Rams have to, number one, in order for them to be successful, whoever is back there in that backfield for the Giants, you have to stop the run. And I think this is a team that the Giants, they will try to run the football. And if they have some early success, that does open up, like you mentioned, to Odell Beckham down the field, Sterling Shepard, Victor Cruz. And I think Eli is most effective when he does have that running game going because now the play action is now set up. But then also – he's able to check in and out of certain plays. And if he can find that one play to get a linebacker you know, out of a gap or the safety coming down late, you can't allow this running game to get started. And Rashad Jennings is one of those things. And I think so defensively, if I'm the Rams, number one, because I know I'm not going to get the hits on Eli. It's just it's it's hard to. He's very good at what he does. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to stop. I'm still going to try to get as much pressure as I can. But I cannot allow the running game to get started. So I think you may see a lot of run blitzes early on from Greg Williams. It's interesting the way you see it. See, I think I think the as opposed to the Rams who run the ball to open up the pass. Yeah, I think New York passes the ball. They pass the ball to open up the run. So I I see it completely opposite on that. That's why I think you have to really key on making certain that you stifle their early passes and tackle. That's what I was saying. You're going to get slants and curls and inside routes. Just tackle them. To, and not allow them to get big yardage out, the, out of that. And I think it, it helps you control their offense. Before we close here, but I, you've played with kind of receivers or against receivers like an Odell Beckham Jr. Um, trash talk. Um, obviously, one of the things that we've seen from Odell, a very emotional player. How did you deal with a guy like that? I wasn't a talker. Right, and for some reason, guys didn't talk to me. Even the biggest talkers, I have this with. I mean, with Chris Carter and Michael Irvin and all these guys. Even T.O. Right, T.O. would start off talking and he'd say something, blah 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 blah, and then I'd hit him in the throat, and then I, <laughs> and then I'd hit him in the throat the next play to let him know I meant to do it the last time. That right. it was, and then he shut up, and it's, that was it. I didn't talk back. So that's so that's the thing. So if Odell is out saying something, if he's woofing, the Rams DBs just have to just do their job. Yeah. The easiest way to shut a guy up, and that's how it was whenever I, and the, the, one of the guys who talked the most was T.O. T.O., Terrell Owens, yeah. All you had to do, you don't allow him to make a play, and you make plays. I mean, one of the, the funniest things that ever happened playing against T.O. was him, him talking and talking all kind of noise and everything. I didn't say anything, and I knocked down a ball one, when they, they tried, he tried to run a curl knocked it down. The next series, he tried to run, run another curl. I, I intercepted it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he came back and tackled me, and he was talking trash while I was laying on the ground, and I held the ball up while I was on the ground in his face, and I said, T.O., I got more catches than you today. <laughs> so, guess yeah. what? He was quiet yeah. the rest of the day. Don't allow guys to make plays. So that's what they have to do defensively. That'll stop all of it. There's no trash talking. There's no dancing. There's no proposing to the net if he's not scoring touchdowns. Yeah, plain and simple. Told like a true vet that you are. Uh, appreciate you, Eric Davis. I'm Kirk Morrison. This has been Rams All Access on ESPN LA 710 in the ESPN app. But don't turn your dials. Coming up next, Soccer Weekly with Dave Dimholm right here on ESPN.